Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. I am your host, Phil Evans, coming to you live. Can you believe it? Live in a studio. Um, so good to be back on the in the studios of 3CR on the unceded land of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty has never been ceded and we say a big hello to all First Nations listeners and pay respects to Elders past and present. And of course we acknowledge the pivotal role that First Nations people play in the struggle for environmental and social justice. This is the Friends of the Earth show where we dig in deep and uh, have a look at what's happening around at Friends of the Earth and in the wider grassroots community. Today on the show, we're going to have a pretty good one. We've got a special interview that was pre-recorded yesterday by Friends of the Earth's Anna Langford, um, having a chat with um, Katarina Chinani, who's the director of the United Workers' Union and the global president of the International Union of Food and Hotel Workers. And they're having a conversation about green capitalism, about the intersection between workers' rights and climate justice, and also some of the things that have been going on around at Melbourne Fashion Week, including a great victory for some worker struggles there as well. All that and more is coming up on Dirt Radio. So happy to be live back on the airwaves. Um, for now, let's go to a community service announcement, and then we'll get into that interview with Anna and Katarina. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains, and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. 
That's right, you are on 3CR. This is Phil Evans here doing Dirt Radio, the Friends of the Earth show on 3CR. Great to be back on the airwaves again. Um, today on the show, as I said, we're going to have a listen to an interview recorded yesterday by Anna Langford and Katarina Chinani from the Inter- uh, United Workers' Union uh, in Australia, having a chat about green capitalism, all things uh, intersectional between worker rights and climate justice, and also hear about a great victory that happened recently. Let's listen to that interview now. My guest this morning is Katrina Chinani, who is a director of the United Workers' Union, which is the biggest blue-collar workers' union in Australia. And she is also global vice president of the International Union of Food and Hotel Workers. So it's a real honour to have you on today to have a bit of a chat. And today we are talking about the emergence of green capitalism So this is something we talk about quite a lot at Friends of the Earth and have really since we started about 45 years ago in Australia, but I think is becoming much and much more of a prevalent issue as uh, adoption of environmentally sustainable practices becomes a lot more mainstream in companies around the world. So basically, we're talking about what happens when companies begin to embrace those sustainable practices in their supply chains, etc., but basically try to do it without challenging the overall neoliberal economic system we're in, which is damaging to workers' rights damaging to our publicly owned systems and ultimately damaging to the environment because it continues to privilege profit over people and protection of our ecosystems. And I think, you know, we're seeing this kind of emerge all over the place at the moment from king of tax avoidance, Elon Musk, uh, discouraging his workers from joining unions in America to uh, renewable energy manufacturers where the materials, you know, to produce a lot of the renewable energy equipment coming from parts of the global south with appalling human rights abuses. So, um, you know, we've got these kind of two things, workers' justice and environmental protection, which really, as we talk about, if if we're fighting for climate justice, the two need to be um, one and the same. But they have been pitted against each other for years by conservative forces to try and split our movements apart. And they're often, they can be used one to cover over a lack of the other. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I guess I'd like to start by just zooming into a real local here and now level with an update from Katrina, who has been up since I think 3am this morning, (laughs) Um, fresh off the back of a pretty epic win for some of the workers uh, in the United Workers Union. Katrina, I just wondered if you could update our listeners on what's been happening over the last few weeks with the Country Road Warehouse workers. Country Road uh, Warehouse is a majority female-run warehouse and the workers there have um, been paid just above the minimum wage. And so 12 days ago, they made a pretty courageous move and voted to go on strike. And there were a number of issues that that they were fighting for. So Uh, One was a living wage because many of them work two jobs. Many of them are struggling to survive on the wage that they're on and they wanted to have a decent 
wage increase and a fair one that could mean, which was really the difference for them between surviving and actually living with some dignity. So that was one of the the key issues. But there were a couple of other issues as well. Um, One was about basic respect and in that there was a recognition of the union of their choice and the freedom to associate and belong to a union of their choosing um, and to be listened, heard and to have a voice at work, which was not necessarily what was occurring. And the other issue is 50% of that workplace is labour hire or casual work. And so we were fighting for equal pay, which has kind of been a threshold campaign and fight that our union has led over the last decade. And I think I was saying to you earlier today is like the 10 year anniversary of another strike, which was Bayada, where that was also fought by a number of women in a poultry factory around cash contracting and secure jobs. Jobs and they won that fight and the Country Road Women today won theirs as well. So, yeah, it's been a long 12 days and the women have been fierce in their determination and today they won both wage increases and permanent jobs and equal pay for those labour hire agency casuals. So it's been a tremendous victory. Oh, it's it's just been so incredible to, um, you know, watch all that happening and back you all up on that online, but watch people finally, you know, be able to get back out on the streets and picket and protest in real life when we're out of lockdown. I think you were saying before that, yeah, they've they've been waiting to really do this all of lockdown, especially as company profits have soared during the lockdowns with JobKeeper and everything that's being pocketed by a lot of CEOs. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's fantastic to see that win for the workers this morning. And um, we were actually, uh, just last week, we saw that really build to a head with a few moments. And one of them was during Melbourne Fashion Week. And uh, I wanted to ask uh, if you could talk talk to our listeners about uh, where Country Road popped up last week during that Melbourne Fashion Expo. Sure. I I loved your intro as well, because I think it says a lot about like the place we're in at the moment where capital does pit workers and um, the climate movement against each other. But I think this dispute there were a few beautiful moments where that didn't happen and Fashion Week was one of them. So one of the things that really, you know, it was like amongst the chanting that we were doing at a lot of the store protests were the fact that these workers pack the fashion that ends up in Fashion Week and there was an event that was being sponsored by the Melbourne City Council and by the Victorian government called Greenwashing, where Country Road, amongst a few other speakers, were talking about sustainable and ethical practices. And so one of the things that we, and this isn't an issue just for Country Road, it's an issue in the supply chain of warehousing and logistics. It's an issue in the supply chain of um, agriculture, which is an area that I've organised in as well. It's an issue in the supply chain of manufacturing. So you talked before about like where the solar panels are manufactured, is that there's a lot of greenwashing, like talking about ethical credentials, sustainable credentials, policies, departments, corporations employing a whole machinery behind presenting a very public image about sustainability. But you just have to kind of scratch the surface and see that when it comes to ethical behaviour, labour rights are often missing. And so this week at Fashion Week, we had both a high-vis fashion event outside of Burke Street Mall where we took the workers who 
pack the fashion to the city to have their own fashion parade because workers never get invited to the fashion week. And we also had a wonderful moment where climate activists went online and actually questioned the sustainable practices and ethical practices of the presenters and really backed in the workers. And I think it was a beautiful moment of solidarity amongst uh, environmental movement and workers. We also had Cooperative Power, which is a cooperative-based energy supplier, um, donate money to the striking workers at that high-vis fashion event. And it made a huge impact to this victory. We could not... The strike that the women undertook can't be underestimated in terms of the first strike at that warehouse, and I would never want to diminish their power, but the solidarity that was shown on that day of Fashion Week was truly amazing to see, and I think bridged that gap that you were talking about, Anna, for that moment, bridged that gap between worker and climate justice. Yeah, that's right. It it was such an epic thing to see and be part of, and it's funny, like, the that the event was actually called Beyond Greenwashing, like you said, when, yeah, it, it was a really worrying case of just basically a, what seems like a totally incomplete definition of ethics and sustainability. So ethical fashion, you know, it's, it's kind of become a buzzword now, which is awesome to see that enter the mainstream, but it's really not great when the, the ethics that they're talking about stops short of the rights of people actually producing um, and packing the clothes. And uh, I I wanted to ask you on that, because of course, this is just one example in a whole global problem of this happening. Where else you've seen examples in your work as part of the International Union um, of Food and Hotel Workers? Yeah, so so in my in the global union movement, I mean, I think one of the and as I said earlier, I think one of the areas that we organise domestically in, but also globally, is the agricultural industry. Like all the workers that pick and pack the food that ends up on our tables are often in very highly exploitative situations, but they're supplying supermarkets and food supply chains that are covered by either modern slavery legislation or modern slavery policies or ethical and sustainable policies. And there's a lot of stuff around food in the climate movement as well, and a lot of activists work in that space. So we have a lot of very big food corporations or food supplies of food. In Australia, it's Woolworths and Coles, but in other countries, it will look very, very different. It is very different. And so once again, you see it in there. You see lots of propaganda about like sustainable and ethical and organic food produce, but actually underneath is an exploited labour market. And I think that's one of the areas of the work that the IUF does. It also does a range of stuff around working in sectors such as the food manufacturing sector and also the hotel sector, all of which do a lot have been doing a lot of work around green credentials, but not necessarily taking those credentials and taking them the next step further in terms of worker justice. And I think my message would be, if we want workers to support the climate movement and climate justice, then we need to bridge that gap. It needs to be a solidarity-based movement where worker justice and climate justice are not uh, universally opposed, like polar opposites, right? It's got to be, we're bringing, we're doing both. So I think, yeah, I think that's, they're the spaces in the international movement. Also freedom of association. And this dispute at Country Road was a recognition strike in that it was designed, it was um, 
um, primarily about the women's right to choose the union or to be in a union of their choice and to have it recognised. Internationally, the number one fight that unions have are about recognition and they're often fighting not corporate, just corporate power, but political and military power in order to have that right. So when we talk about labour rights, we're talking about workers putting their lives on the line in a lot of countries to have the right to be in a democratic and free union. So that's really, really important when you're talking about ethics, whether it's domestically or internationally. Absolutely. And that is just something that we all have to be really hyper aware of now in a globalised economy because it, it isn't, yeah, it's not just about the workers in one country doing one part of the whole supply chain. Like it's really, uh, there's got to be a much bigger awareness of what's happening in both the global North and South. And I think that, yeah, both with Friends of the Earth, like we have groups in 75 countries and a lot of interaction between all those groups of understanding how the conditions are different in all of our different countries for what we're fighting for. And I love seeing that in international union movement solidarity as well, like that awareness and backup of workers facing very different struggles in so many countries. And I think, yeah, like uh, it's just, it it is going to be so important for us to fight for the kind of climate justice that we want to win, for us to really work together um, much more strongly like this across the board, because we see that, you know, the politicians locally that use the kind of false jobs versus environment binary are the ones that are both fighting against environmental protection and doing what they can to dismantle worker protections. So like they're not, they're not really on either side. And Kat, I just wanted to say thanks so much for coming on this morning to talk to us, give us an update from on the ground while you're, I don't even know how you're still awake. <laughs> and Again, update us. Pure adrenaline. Pure <laughs> adrenaline. <laughs> um, and, and you know, it was a, it was a strike where we had singing and dancing every day. So I think um, you know, we ended it with the workers singing their way back to work this morning and I think I'll probably just run on that adrenaline until tonight before I collapse. (laughs) Thank you for interviewing um, and asking us to share the story as well. Hey y'all, this is Natalie from Blue King Brown and you're listening to 3CR. Support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. You are listening to 3CR Dirt Radio. This is your host, Phil Evans. Sorry, had a little bit of an audio cutting glitch at the end of that story. Um, That was Anna Langford and um, Katerina Chinani having a conversation about green capitalism and also uh, the way that worker rights and climate justice work together. And I did love that story of setting up that mutual solidarity economy between the climate movement and workers showing up for each other, finding the intersections and talking about them out loud because Anna was right. 
we are working towards building the climate justice that we want to see. Um, in that story, when uh, we got a little bit messed up in the audio, we were talking about Cooperative Power, uh, which is a, a member-owned, um, cooperatively structured energy retailer company. And it is right, it was disturbing to hear that PowerShop was bought out by Shell, which has been so um, vigorously um, problematic in terms of the perpetuation of the use of fossil fuels in the economy. And yeah, people can go back and listen to previous episodes of of Dirt Radio to hear very in-depth discussions about what cooperative power is um, and also some of the problems that happen internationally around Shell. So you can go to 3cr.org.au forward slash Dirt Radio and scroll back through history and you'll find some of those shows going and diving deep into those issues. But um, Friends of the Earth is one of those uh, member groups that are um, a part of the ownership of Cooperative Power. I do want to declare that one. Um, And as is Earthworker Cooperative as well, which I have an association with. Um, But I did want to talk about um, the important way that uh, the the cooperative is structured, where it redistributes its revenue back into the community to meet its goals rather than the money going back into the owners themselves. And unlike corporate structured uh, energy retailers, cooperative power allows for one member, one vote, not one dollar or investment in shares um, per vote as well. So it is inherently more democratic. One of the things that I found particularly great about cooperative power was also the way that people made the decisions on how to spend that revenue through a democratic process. So if you are a customer of Cooperative Power, you get a say in the way that that money is redistributed, like Katarina was talking about making that donation to the striking women workers who uh, were part of that Melbourne Fashion Week um, industrial dispute that was the topic of that interview. So if you are looking at, um, oh no, what do I do? And I don't want to perpetuate and support the fossil fuel industries, then yeah, it is time to have a look at your energy retailer. Who are you going to go with? And um, how are we going to make a difference um, for climate justice together? Well, if you listen to 3CO, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CO, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, I sure know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. We'll check out the happy vibe. We're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. What? Who the hell is that? Clap your hands. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. This is Dirt Radio, the Friends of the Earth show on 3CR. Your host, Phil Evans, really excited to be back live in the studios of 3CR. It is uh, almost an emotional experience to be back and see the wonderful people who inhabit this building, um, but also um, the lovely skeleton and bones and be part of the history of radical radio that is this wonderful radio station. Uh, We've come to the end of another show, and I want to um, give a big thanks to Anna Langford and Katarina Achinani 
for uh, that wonderful interview and conversation that they had. Some really important points, I think, around the way that workers and the climate movement can work together. And if you're interested in getting involved in that sort of work, then I would suggest getting involved in the Friends of the Earth Act on Climate Collective. If you go to melbournefo.org.au forward slash climate, or if you just Google search uh, Friends of the Earth Climate Collective, then you'll find out how you can get involved on Monday evenings on their weekly uh, uh, collective meetings that they have and get active in that collective who are doing a lot of work in the new year, particularly around the intersection between worker rights and climate justice. On that note, I'm going to bid you all adieu and uh, say you should stick around because Gavin is coming up next with a wonderful edition of Billabong Beats. So stick around on 3CR for that one. But for now, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of uh, Monkey Mark and sending big love out to him who I know he's having a bit of health troubles at the moment from the facial books. Um, Big love to you, Monkey. Um, And this is one of our favourites I know. This is Emergency from way back in the day. Have a good one and stay on 3CR. state of shock disbelief.